from the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. So, it's interesting. I, I can't quite figure out uh, what's going on. We've got Matt on the we've got Matt on the phone. Hang on a second. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Tim. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. So, what's going on? Come on, this is this is this is just unbelievable. Yeah, it is um, another fantastic week, really. Uh, another crazy week in terms of uh, Cambridge United Football Club. It's it's quite. I, I don't know. I don't like it, Tim. I don't like all this success. It doesn't feel right, really, for boys. <laughs> it's been so so long. Um, but I, I think you, you have to give the you know the players and and the coaching staff credit again, um, absolutely rightly, because you know the, the, the past two games this week uh, in in a week where we probably expected about three three four points, and that's what what we spoke about last week, um, you know, they've come away with six again and they've got everything absolutely spot on from the system that we've kind of played, the players that that played Tuesday night coming into uh, yesterday's game where obviously the, the, the weather, you know, made a, you know, made a massive part um, in what we wanted to do, and it's good to see that we we take that uh, you know into sort of consideration when we're planning for a game. You know, we know the weather was going to be bad. You know, we we wanted a way to play. We won the toss. We had the wind you know against us in the first half, and. If if you can go in, you know, just a goal down at half time like we did, we gave ourselves an absolutely massive chance to to get back into the game. And it has to be said that they played really, really well second half. They didn't play badly in the first half. You know, it has to be said. You know, they played very, very well in the first half and could could have got a goal or two just just before half time. So, um, but overall, I thought you know we we were the better side and we got everything spot on and it, and it was really good to see that. Yeah, when it just didn't look like the ball was going to get into the back of the net, we made good attacking substitutions, you know, to try and force the issue and uh, got what I thought we deserved in the second half. I think we absolutely deserved the the winner, and um, you know, long may it continue for now. But obviously, there's there's longer questions to to be answered going forward. That's for sure. Yeah, there is, and, and it's weird, isn't it? You, I mean, we've had we've had four wins now, which I think is the first time in about two or three years that uh, Cambridge have managed uh, four wins in a row. First time that any manager has won uh, four uh, games in a row, if you count this as his first go. Um, and you know, all sorts of uh, you know unexpected results going on, given you know that we talked, we talked. I mean, I suppose we can't really complain because uh, we did we did say that. Uh, by this time we'd have uh, Rusk in charge so we'll we'll swallow that one that didn't happen um but interesting that you know we talked about how difficult the February period was in the form we were in with Calderdale and said that you know we could quite easily see getting to the end of February and into March having not scored a single point and lo and behold (laughs) very badly proved wrong there with 12 from 12 and we talked about this last week it's it's the it's the means of the wins as much as the wins themselves we've had two um, come from behind wins against good sides Um, we've had uh, a a kind of ride your luck um, scrappy performance at Newport where we never get a result not brilliant but we you know we did what we needed to do and we got some luck and we we, we rode that luck and then Scunthorpe admittedly a poor side um, it, uh, you know we, we, we went and we played the game that we wanted to play which is we got an early goal we, we strengthened it with a, a second goal and then we played the game out so 
it's not just that we're winning, it's that we're, we're rectifying the issues that have really dogged us all season. Um, and, and it's interesting to see, we've, we've talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that Mark seems to be, Mark Bonzi seems to be able to get something out of the players that nobody else has, has really managed. And it's it's interesting when you talk to, uh, you know, there was the Dunk interview last week and, and Marish yesterday, uh, post-match, that there's a, you know, there's obviously a real liking for him. Um, and, uh, you know, they obviously want to play for him. And, uh, you know, it's it's the manager bounce, but it's the manager bounce because he seems to have done something. He's gone back to basics. He's playing people on the pitch where they seem to work an awful lot better. I mean, who'd have thought Leon Davis would turn out to be the player he is, you know, only, you know, a few, a few weeks ago. Maris is, is playing in a different position and he's he's having a great time of it as well. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of good performances, and uh, you know we we've called it all season about sort of if we could have Kyle Noyle and Leon Davies playing together down that right hand side, um, it would absolutely make the team a lot more balanced and and better, which you know Mark Bonner has done, and you know absolutely he deserves all the praise he's getting, and he's getting the tune out of. You know some of the players um, for sure, and you're right. They, you know, they do show a willingness um, to want to play for him and do well for him, and and it's good to see. But of course, you know, it's the it's the longer term questions of, you know, why did they down tools on the last manager, which we'll never know. You know, we'll never get the answer to that. But we know that you know performance levels absolutely dropped. Um, just after the the, the late Orient game, really, um, is the sort of area that we can start pinpointing where performance levels did drop. Um, but you know, it, it comes down to the thing is if Mark Bonner does get the job, and you know he's not doing his his chances any harm right now. And of course, Paul Barry came out during the week and said, you know, now we're we're safe and and everything's going well. We can take that little bit of extra time to get the the right person in and there's going to be money available in the summer. Well, we need the right person in to, you know, spend that money wisely in the summer, get the right players in. And secondly, you know, some of these players are okay now because they know that there's no pressure on themselves and Mark Bonner and, you know, they're all good mates for, for sure more than anything um, with uh, Mark Bonner. But when if he were to become head coach and he's got a, dish out that first sort of, you know, telling off to the players, how are they going to react to it when everything's been all sort of pally-pally going forwards? And it's going to be interesting. There's a, there's a lot of questions to be asked. You, you know me, Tim. I'm, I'm still in the, probably the very small minority right now. I still don't think Mark Bonner should be our head coach. I think, you know, at the end of the day, we, we need to have a, a complete clear out of, of the players you know, of the backroom stuff. I think it needs fresher ideas in. But he he's doing the right things, he's saying the right things and the players are responding to it and it's, while it's going well, you can't blame the boards uh, for, for looking at him in the time, making sure everything's right. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we, we get on next week, you know, against the side that's really, really, you know, more informed than what we are. But, you know, we're doing everything right, you know, and it's good to see. And long may it continue for, for now, but you, you just don't know. Obviously, we're not in any relegation trouble, but, you know, we might go on a run of a, of a couple of defeats if we're not careful. But, you know, I have to say that the players have played really, really well and they deserve all the credit that they're getting right now.
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure it, it, the, the statement about not uh, about not being in a hurry to uh, um, put someone in place. I mean, it is weird that, that you know the the Rusk thing appeared to be all done and dusted, and not just from one end or the odd rumor here and there, but it seemed to be coming from all parties um, except the club, obviously, because they weren't commenting on the rumors. But you know, it, it seemed to be a done deal. Um, and then all of a sudden it's it's not um and they didn't actually come out and say that it was because they wanted to give you know bonds a trial a kind of a, a go at it but you wonder whether that had something to do with it i suspect not i suspect something potentially uh, didn't quite work out but the question has to be asked. I mean, it's interesting if you look at the parallel between what happened with Joe Dunn uh, and what's happening now with Bonds, because they both they both picked up the job um, at round about um, the same time. They've both got, uh, I think, uh, uh, as interim, because um, Dunn started just after the, uh, the about five minutes after the uh, Lincoln draw. So he had, I think, 14 games in charge. Um, no, 16 games in charge, actually, I think, uh, as interim before he was announced just before the Port Vale game that he was going to take over. Um, and he had six wins, four draws and four losses, a winning percentage of 43. And that was kind of split. Uh, three three wins, one draw, two losses at home and three wins, three draws and two losses away, 50% and 38% respectively. So you kind of look at what Bonds is doing now now and you know another another couple of wins out of the remaining season and he's going to finish on uh, the same or better win percentage than Dunn did but of course I, I mean I still think the difficulty he's got is he's got to overcome the rest of the Dunn uh, regime which was uh, unsuccessful and a lot of people criticised the board for picking uh, Dunn um, so they're going to be wary about what happens but I mean there's there's enough games between now and the end of season for him to pretty much put an unshakable case to take the job, isn't there? Yes, there is, absolutely. Um, and that's probably one of the issues is that there are enough games for him to, to make a case. And I, and I think what you said between uh, Joe Dunn and Mike Bonner is absolutely spot on. And uh, this is the biggest fear Tim, is that you know history is going to repeat itself and we don't seem to learn from you know, our recent history at all. Um, these are still pretty much the same players that, you, you know, were flying under Joe Dunn when he took over as uh, as interim head coach, uh, albeit we had, uh, you know, people like sort of Mingoya and um, uh, Uche, for instance, and a few other players around as well. Uh, um, but then the, co- the cloth, the, oh, excuse me, the cloth was cut uh, accordingly, and uh, you know he was never given a a backing. And of course, you know Joe Dunn went into to the season as a as a head coach with you know two sort of strikers that weren't fit and the striker that couldn't hit a barn door to save his life, and that's that's no good. And if you're going to back Mark Bonner, the issue becomes that you know we need these good players, these good League Two players, League One players, if possible, to come into. This football club to make them better. Now, if you if you're a good football league player, um, you know you're going to take some sort of persuading to come and play for for Cambridge under a sort of unproven head coach and you know a, a, a system that hasn't really worked properly. You know, and is it is it something that we can afford financially? 
you know, to maybe pay that X amount more a week to try and get this player to come over, uh, you know, somebody that they know might be a decent coach and has already got a good reputation around in the game. So, you know, there's a massive, uh, you know, lesson to be learned from history. From the Terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Obviously, uh, with uh, uh, this, I say the you know, the league, the league win yesterday, and it, as I say, it gives you that three in a row. And we've, we talked. I was just saying to Steve, we've talked before about performances not always getting you what what you want, and and that lack of consistency is what's hampering you. And this is the third, t- only the third time in the season where you've got a run of games like this, three in a row. Um, and it, given that you've got, um, as Steve called them, eminently winnable games coming up, and he, he said you'd only talk about one game at a time, but you you know you look at the Come, uh, what's coming up, Holbridge, Basildon and Brentwood in and around you um, it, it must be a, a good place to come at them from Yeah, absolutely um, you know, it's it come on the back of you know, three very good results against three, you know, decent teams, um, you know, not conceding and not looking like we're con- going to concede and, you know, we're playing three teams now that are all below us and, you know, they will be difficult because, you know, it, you know, I Holbridge's pitch isn't the greatest and, and Basildon's isn't. So, you know, we're going to find different things that are going to try and, you know, sort of affect us. But like yesterday, we, we have to, you know, it's the same for both teams. And if we apply ourselves to the conditions and the pitch like we did, then we'll take some stopping. And like I say, it is, it is one at a time. But, you know, we have had a little look at the next four um, and, and we do want maximum points from the next four, you know. And that will then show us you know, where we're going to sort of finish, you know, that, that takes us games to go, potential 12 points. And, and yeah, you know, why can't we look, you know, we've, we've had a pretty disappointing season. Um, you know, we've performed better from Christmas onwards and, and the last three performances have been, you know, very good um, all the way across the park. So we're looking to continue that consistency. Um, I know we've spoke a lot about it and, and, you know, performance levels and, and experience, and you know all of that in there with with energy and and pace. You know we're, we're causing teams a a lot of trouble. And like I say, you know the, the next block of four um, will be really interesting to to where we sort of look to finish finish the season off. And you look at you look at the goals four, four goals coming in. You've got uh, Ryan Sharman, and, and and it's amazing that you talk about uh, you talk about someone like Ryan Sharman saying he's you know in terms of the number of goals he scored, he's not having a great season. Gets the first and the last one, and then pleasingly the midfield get uh, the two in between, and that certainly seems to be working for you at the moment. Absolutely, you know I, I think <laughs> out of all the goals we've scored recently, I think Sharman played up front yesterday, but they were the only two centre forward over the last month so yeah it's it's really important you know Isaac and, and Tommy Rigby you know they play either side of, of a lad that sits in there and, and they've got that licence to, to get in the box and, and both Tommy and, and Isaac yesterday you know Tommy could have come away with at least three or four goals yesterday got himself in great areas and and you know having that desire to want to score goals is really important for us and and both Isaac and Tommy um, are really capable of doing that. So it just causes other teams problems when you've got extra runners coming from deep. Um, you know, Ryan Sharma scored 30-odd two seasons ago from that same sort of coming from deep position. Um, and he was, you know, wasn't being picked up. So I'm not saying both Isaac or Tommy are going to get in that bracket, but we do expect sort of double figures from them both because of how we want to play. 
Um, so let's just talk about, so you've got uh, midweek, you've got Hullbridge away um, and uh, Basildon away uh, this week. Obviously, uh, we'd recommend everyone keeps an eye on Twitter feeds and everything else for potential ca- cancellations. I know it's still going to be very wet, certainly before the Tuesday game. Um, so, But uh, as you say, you're, you're looking for maximum points from four games uh, and then you can really assess where you are. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of, you've got to go down there on a Tuesday evening, which is always a little bit more difficult, but looking forward to it though absolutely you know it's, these next four games you know it could you know if results go away it could propel us to a position that we never thought we could ever think you know we could be sort of four or five points outside the playoffs who knows you know so it's really important that you know we we do you know take them one at a time but when you look at it in a group and you think you know Simon has done the same they've played all three beaten them all you know they've five out of six they've won so it, it certainly does propel you up that league, and you know we're, we're, you know, we're high on confidence, not arrogant in any way, but just because of how we're performing and, and what we've got in our team, you know, we we are going into places now with that expectancy, you know, and and we know what it takes to win games now. So, yeah, you know, it'd be an interesting couple of weeks, um, but certainly a couple of weeks that we're really looking forward to sinking our teeth into. Uh, just, I'm going to put put you on the spot again, like I did last week. So, <laughs> oh no! Explain to me, explain to me the manager bounce. What? So, I mean, obviously, we're referring to uh, you know Bonds' record of of coming out with four wins in four against uh, you know and and managing to achieve things that were, were just haven't happened recently. Come from behind wins, dig them out wins, and and you know and then uh, real gameplay and figuring out how to end a game. And that the players are the same. So, what is it about? manager bounds why does that happen in your view I just think like, I can only speak from the level we're at you know, games are won and lost over so many fine margins within it and sometimes you know the passes are, are not quite going astray they're finding a, a player the shots are not a yard off target they're now hitting target it's just and once you win a game and you you start believing things again it's one of those it's just a really strange sort of snowball effect that people then start taking shots from 25 yards because they fit one in from you know little things that can have a big difference and it's just really it's really strange how, how football can change so quickly um because you know, it is the same group of players that colin had um but you know they they seem to be you know they i don't know it's just it is a funny thing you know players seem to you know, it's something new. They, they, they're a little, you know, new ideas, new voice. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I'm really pleased for Bonzo because I think, you know, a lot of deltas, a lot of people, not quite having, having him, and and I think he's come in and you can't do any more than what he's done. You know, he's, he's four from four, and you know they're, they're <laughs> you know, they're, what was it, eight points off the playoffs now? So. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how quickly stuff in football can change. The Cambridgeshire Midweek Football Show on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Cambridgeshire Football Association promoting football at all levels across the city and South Cambridgeshire. But let's turn our attentions to City Ladies now. They're in County Cup action this weekend against Newmarket Town in the Cam's Invitational Cup semi-final. Let's hear from midfielder Hannah Bodley now on the clash this weekend and the difficulty of trying to find a rhythm when the Lily White's last match was on the 2nd of Feb. 
frustrating is probably the best way to put it. Um, you know, we've had the odd game here and there, but it is hard to get any sort of, you know, momentum or build any sort of positive results. Um, the last game I think we've had is Billericay away. Um, and as you say, since then, we've had, you know, quite a few games cancelled, Basel's in game, and obviously the new market game and things like that. And even before the Billericay game, games being cancelled. Um, as I say, it's just hard to get any sort of momentum going and build on results and, you know, obviously it has given us, you know, um, opportunity to train and, and a few little knocks and niggles have had chance to recover um, throughout the team. But I think it's, yeah, it's definitely been frustrating not to get um, a few a few games under our belt. Yeah, the last match was on the 2nd of February, said the, the 2 loss to Billerick. And in fact, a crazy stat, you haven't played consecutive league games over two weekends since September. Which shows you really, oh, wow. it shows you in terms of, I imagine, partly down to the weather, but also the scheduling with the cup games as well. Do you feel that's something that perhaps the FA needs to look at in terms of scheduling fixtures? Because you do have a number of cup games in a block around sort of September, October, November time, and then it leaves you with, um, I guess, chance to catch up in the league games later on in the season. But as I've just said, no consecutive league games since September. I imagine that's difficult to then pick up some sort of rhythm. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I didn't know it was that, that long really, but. It's uh, something that, yeah, they certainly should maybe look at. Um, I think now with games being rearranged, I think someone said we've got seven or eight games in March, um, which all of a sudden is a massive build-up of fixtures that, you know, we don't we don't really need. It'd be much better if it was spread, you know, more evenly throughout the season. I mean, I'd be happier, really, for there to be more, you know, a few more midweek games early on in the season when everyone's fit and healthy. Um, get a few more under the belt because this happens every year where we get to the point where, you know, suddenly there's a massive backlog of fixtures and we're trying to squeeze them all in before the end of the season and everyone's got cup games and, and it you know, it's hard to rearrange because everyone's got their own county cup games that may be at different weeks and different people are at different stages of different competitions. Um, so it is hard to, to sort of get any sort of momentum going. Um, so, yeah, massively it should be something that they look at and just try and find a way of, of trying to improve it. Obviously, with the pitches being, being out of action, that's obviously something no one can do anything about. Um, and obviously most teams are sort of beginning to move towards playing on 3G and things like that to, to help that. Um, but yeah, certainly. Is that something, do you think, that City may look to do in the future? Obviously there's the link with the, the men's side and the move as a club to Sauston when that gets built in perhaps maybe a few years. We don't know how long it's going to take. But do you think that's something that I don't know, maybe looked at in terms of having a facility there to play on 3G in these situations where then you can guarantee you're going to get games on? Yeah, I mean, I think um, initially when the plans came out for um, the club to move to Solston, it was something that was looked at um, having a 3G pitch there. To be honest, I don't know what the final decision was on the types of pitches that they have there. Um, but certainly, you know, when you see the weather like this, um, you know, I'm sure both both clubs, you know, us and the men, it would be something that we'd probably quite quite look at and, and quite, uh, you know, be something that's quite interesting to both both teams within the club. Um, as something to keep fixtures, you know, it, it's something that it's a lot harder to postpone a game um, on a 3G pitch. The only real reason is is frozen pitch, um, which obviously is quite extreme, whereas any other fixture will go ahead if it's on 3G. So, you know, it's something that I'm sure they've taken into consideration when they've been planning it and, and hopefully, you know, it's, it's the best. You were due to play Newmarket Town the weekend just gone in the Cam's Invitation Cup. That got uh, postponed due to the weather and you are going to play them this weekend. It's pushed back the fixture against Kent, which is a pretty crucial one. Kent bottom of the Women's National League Division 1 South East, yourselves second bottom. That's been pushed back to the 5th of April. Is it frustrating when these key games, these really big league games that you want to get won and under your belt, 
keep getting pushed back towards the back end of the season? Yeah, I mean, we sort of figured halfway through last week when, you know, that the rain was still coming down heavy, we'd already sort of come to terms with the fact that it was probably going to be postponed. And, you know, we know that the uh, the new market game takes priority. Um, so we knew that it was going to almost certainly, you know, as you say, take priority, happen this weekend. Yeah, it is frustrating because, you know, we've always looked forward to this period of time where we've got, you know, three massive games. Um, but it is looking as though all of them, you know, may well be postponed or changed anyway. Um, if, you know, if we get to the County Cup final, um, then I think that's going to be the same day as we're due to play Cambridge United in the league. Yep. So again, that'll be another one that's going to be postponed again. Um, and obviously the Norwich game then sits, I think, in between those two. Um, so out of those three fixtures that we've sort of targeted from a while, for a while, um, as being big games, you know, only one of those is going to survive. So, you know, it comes with its positives and negatives. You know, if you play those three games close together and you get three three wins, it's, it's great. And, you know, everyone says, oh, what great period of time that was to play. Um, but if you get three, you know, pulled out of that, you think, oh, you know, we should have played one and then had a break from it and then had another one and, you know, had a break. So, you know, we won't know what's going to be the best from it. Um, but, you know, hopefully um, it's going to work in our favour and, you know, we can get, you know, a good County Cup result and good results in the league. So, you know, we're winning all ways up. Those three crucial games against United, Norwich and Kent that were due to be played the end of Feb and into the start of March, you said now been split up, of course, across the rest of the season. And I guess that now means that it will come down to that individual performance on the day rather than a chance of building any momentum. In terms of this weekend then, on Sunday, fingers crossed it goes ahead against Newmarket Town in the Cam's Invitation Cup. Presumably, they're a side you've played a fair bit before being in the, the Eastern Region Divisions? Yeah, I mean, um, I think the club have. Me personally, I've not played them um, a huge amount. Um, we definitely played them, I think we played them last year in pre-season. Um, so we played them at Newmarket then. Um, they're a good side, you know, they've, as you say, they've played in and around the Eastern Region Leagues um, for quite a number of years, as far as I believe. Um, and they're always, if I'm correct, I think they're always quite a young side and, and full of energy and um and, you know, they'll, it'll definitely be a tough game. You know, we're not going there under any illusions that, you know, oh, there are a couple of leagues below us and it'll be easy. Absolutely not. You know, we're fully prepared for them to, you know, they'll be fit, they'll be organised and they'll come out, you know, all guns blazing. They know what, what they're going to be up against and, and you know, that they'll come with, with a game plan the same way that we will go there with a game plan and, and it'll be, you know, a well-fought match and we've got to, we've got to concentrate and, and make sure that, you know, we show our best, really. Otherwise, 100%, you know, they'll they'll nip our heels if we make any sort of silly mistakes. Does your game plan change at all throughout the season? You've been the team playing in the National League for the first season ever, having to absorb the majority of the pressure in matches and, and I guess, potentially being on the back foot looking to counter-attack against sides. Now, in this match, you guys being perhaps the favourites to win, you'd say... The onus is on yourself to take the game to Newmarket and really dominate the game. Does that mean your your game plan has to change? Um, potentially. I mean, I think we have different game plans um, for different teams, even within our league. You know, we, we might approach a, a team like Billericay or Ipswich, who are right at the top of the league, in a different way to, to facing United or or, or Kent, uh, where we have to, as you say, go out a little bit more and, and put your cards on the table. Um you know, we're both we're used to playing both sorts of game plans and all sorts of different things. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to change the way we try to play too much um, in terms of you know passing the ball around, getting it wide, and things like that. That's things that we always aim to do, no matter who we're playing. Um, but as you say, you know, Newmarket are probably going to set up slightly differently. They probably don't know as much about us as we do about teams in our league and and vice versa. Um, but at the same time, you know, people in the clubs, I'm sure, know individuals that play on both sides, with it being you know very local. Um, 
So I think it'll be, you know, a, a tetchy first 20 probably of everyone sort of trying to figure out who's who and, and how we play. And hopefully if we can um, get an early goal, I think that will massively, you know, uh, squash any nerves and, and give us a bit of momentum. And hopefully once we sort of get back into the rhythm of it, we'll play exactly how we did last year of that sort of counter-attacking, you know, active football and, and we'll be able to create a lot of chances. Hopefully so. Is it difficult to shift from game plan to game plan? I mean, in the league season and then switching to FA Cup games, for example, there was uh, obviously playing league games against sides. As I said, the majority of the time you've perhaps been the side on the back foot. Then you went into a game against St Albans in the FA Cup and the onus was on you to take the game to them. Similarly, perhaps that could be this weekend. And at times in that St Albans game, you looked really good and, of course, scored four goals in it, but also struggled at times and conceded three. Is it difficult to shift from, from game plan week and week or is it just something that has to happen in, in football in general terms? Yeah, I mean, I think, as you say, it's something that has to happen. We have to get used to it, um, but it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to be able to do. Um, you know, we'll discuss the game plan in more detail on, on Thursdays, normally before the game on the Sunday, um, and, you know, come up with a plan, whether that's a, um, a game plan for different sections within the game or whether that's just a game plan throughout. You know, we may change change the way we play depending on the situation or depending on um you know how we think the game's going or how we think the opposition are playing and things like that it will certainly be you know hopefully on Sunday we would hope to have more of the ball than we would against as I say a team like Billericay or Ipswich or someone like that um so that's obviously something that you kind of have to get a bit more used to because you, you have a lot more um possession a lot more time on the ball and things like that so it is something that you have to kind of take into consideration a little bit um there's not really an easy way to prep for that though other than you know just sort of training and, and sort of trying to um, force the situations to occur. Um, but hopefully we can um, just sort of get back into that and remember how we played last year and where we, where we had a lot more of the ball in terms of possession than, than what we've had this year. Um, so hopefully we can just sort of fall back into that, you know, with a, a good session under our belts of, you know, reminding us of a few ways to do that. But as you say, the St Albans game, um, it did sort of shock us a little bit. I think we just got to make sure that we don't underestimate these sides um, you know, we always say, oh, don't underestimate them. It's easy to do that. But to actually put it into practice is, is obviously always more difficult and make sure that, you know, set up defensively properly and don't get carried away. Um, you know, we've got to remember our, our key skills and, and make sure that, as I say, we're set up properly and, and no silly mistakes. Do these County Cup games lift the squad as well, Hannah? Because the majority of them throughout the last few years, you've you managed to win. And in a season like this where you have struggled in the league, do they really give the side a lift and, and keep them going throughout the, the, the tough times as well? Yeah, I think they can do. I mean, realistically, you know, it's it's a it's a competition where hopefully, you know, we stand a decent chance of, of getting to the final and, and putting in some good performances. Um, as you say, you know, it can take away a little bit of focus from the league. Sometimes that's exactly what you need. Some, you know, other times you think we really should just be focused on the league and trying to, you know, keep keep our keep our noses down and, and focus on what we need to achieve. Um, as you say, you know, it definitely builds up a bit of positivity and, and creates a, a good vibe around around the club. You know, the March game last week or a couple of weeks ago certainly had that that impact of, you know, it gets everyone, you know, um, quite a few people score goals and it just gives you a bit of positivity around around the train, changing room and and brings a smile back to some people. Um, it also just gives everyone a little bit of a chance to sort of express themselves. You know, we, as you say, we, we spend a lot of time without the ball and having to work hard and just sort of, you know, run around and make it difficult for opposition, but it's an opportunity to actually get the ball down and, and play how we want to play rather than just sort of preventing other teams from playing the way they want to they play. And lastly, Hannah, if you were to go on and be successful in the County Cup and perhaps go and win it, would it would it soften the blow of a 
I think you, you, you'd admit yourself of a, a disappointing league season, obviously taking into consideration that it's your first season in the National League um, and there's still plenty to play for and you'd like to be higher in the league. If would a win in the County Cup, like I say, potentially soften that blow at all? Um, well, you know, it's always nice to, to win a bit of silverware and, you know, it'd be a nice nice day out and, and then, you know, a good opportunity for all the players and the fans and the club to get together and, and sort of have that opportunity to sort of celebrate. But it's, um, as you say, it's been a tough year and I think if we could, um, you know, maintain our status in this league and win a county cup final, then 100%, I think, you know, we would see that as a, as a you know, an all right season. You know, we've maintained our league status. That's got to be the priority. That's got to be number one. Um, but if we could, you know, do that, even if it's been a tough season and and everyone sort of struggled to do that, as long as we can do that and win and win the league and um, win the uh, county cup, then yeah, I think everyone would be fairly content with with the season as a whole. Cambridge 105 Radio.